0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian
1: Church. Hi everybody and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message is God's gift of a broken heart. And our text is from the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter, the 5th through the 19th verses. I'm just going to read a few. I'm going to suggest that you read much more at your leisure. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus says, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am him and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. And then if we go down to verse 13, Jesus has said that you're going to be arrested, you're going to be persecuted, they're going to hand you over to synagogues, but this will give you an opportunity to testify. You know, I... I don't know about you, but I confess that I sometimes turn off the television when a bulletin comes on about another mass shooting or a terrorist attack somewhere in the world. I hate to admit it, but sometimes I can barely handle the bad news. It seems in the last few years we have been inundated with so many apocalyptic moments that remind us just how insane this world could be. Sometimes it seems the whole world is on the brink of destruction. Now, I'm not one of those preachers who will predict the end of time. That's not my job. But I do look at the things that are happening, and and I believe they symbolize what's our growing exposure to darkness. In today's text, Jesus confronts the issue of living in dark days, and he gives some powerful advice. The scene opens in Jerusalem, where the disciples are expressing their awe at the beauty of the temple. It was under construction during the time of the prophet Haggai, and now during Jesus' time, it's complete, and while not as spectacular as it used to be, it's an imposing sight with a significant history standing for hundreds of years. Today, if you travel to Jerusalem, and I suggest that you do, your guide will show you the remains of the temple wall. This is part of the wailing wall where, where pilgrims come from all over the world to pray. It's a moving place. But this is all that is left of the temple from thousands of years ago. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He, he shocks the disciples as they admire this beautiful structure because he says this is not going to stand forever. It will be completely destroyed. As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. And if that prediction is not depressing enough, Jesus goes on to warn the group about natural disasters, false messiahs, and persecutions that are yet to come. I mean, this is a gloom and doom conversation. Tough talk, especially from Jesus, who usually preaches against negativity and adversity. Jesus usually reminds us to look for the good things in life. But on this day, he says it's all going to come to a difficult end. And then he says something even more peculiar. In the midst of all this horrible stuff, he tells the disciples, this will give you an opportunity to testify. This gloom and doom, these tragic events, will offer you the time for testimony that will mean the gaining of your very souls. Those are his words. Most of us would rather testify to the good times. We, we love to thank and praise God for the blessings and the redemption, the healing, the salvation. What kind of testimony do we give in the face of destruction, betrayal, the loss of loved ones? That's what Jesus is talking about here. When all hell breaks loose in the world or in the intimacy of your own life, there is an opportunity for a soul-saving testimony. In other words, there is a gift that comes from a broken heart. Suffering can make even the most mature believer lose conviction and confidence, Think about Job, who cried out in his distress, if only I had never come into being or had been carried straight from the womb to the grave. There are far too many stories on the news about unbelievable suffering, of children and innocence, of terrorists, of natural disasters. Why, Lord, why do we suffer? I am so grateful to God that I'm on this broadcast and that you've joined us today. And I pray that there's a blessing for you in this word. Love Rules is totally listener-supported. So I'm asking you from the depths of my heart, won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on giving. It's easy, and we certainly appreciate it. Suffering is one of the main themes in the Bible. It starts in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve separate themselves from God. Then in the book of Exodus, we learn about the testing and trials of the Israelites. The book of Psalms, of course, is filled with cries of pain. And what's really scary is that some of the suffering in the Bible seems random and unfair. Job's story certainly does. He's a good man. God tells the devil, consider my servant Job. Hurt him. He's righteous. When you think about it, suffering is a reason a lot of people deny the existence of God. There are volumes and volumes of books that point to the randomness of of pain and suffering and the tragedy, and it has to be a sign, people say, that God could not exist. Why would a good God allow bad things to happen? No one wants to suffer. When we hear about tragedy, one of the first things our mind instinctively does is to figure out how we can avoid it. That's why I turn off the television when there's bad news. But we can't avoid it. No matter what precautions we take, no matter how hard we've worked to be healthy, wealthy, and comfortable, something will inevitably break in and ruin it. Suffering is a part of life. Now, I'm not here to bring you down, but this is reality. How do we best deal with it? Is there any good news here? We serve a good God. If our good God is sovereign, what does suffering mean? Well, I don't know if you've heard about a man, but his name is Dr. Paul Brand, and he specialized in treatment of leprosy. He discovered that the rotting away of flesh that is part of this disease is not from the disease itself, but from the loss of the sensation of pain. These people lost all feeling in those affected parts, and that's part of the reason their flesh wasted away. You see, pain is necessary to alert us about injury. It doesn't mean we should want pain or seek pain. But Dr. Brand concludes that pain has purpose. And for every physical truth, there is usually a spiritual parallel. There is no one-size-fits-all way to explain why there's pain and why we suffer. The Bible gives us many reasons. We live in a fallen world. Some people actually deserve to suffer. Others are being tested by God. Job's suffering was a test, and all his friends had reasonable theories, none of which was exactly the correct one. I do a lot of reading, and I still haven't found a good enough blanket answer to explain why bad things happen to good people. But I do know this. If anyone deserved a break on the basis of the kind of life he lived, it was Jesus Christ, and Jesus suffered. And there is no suffering we will do that is close to what he went through but the bible says as children of god heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him we may also be glorified with him that is the promise that is the good news and i believe that will get us through we can find comfort at the cross because it is at the cross where this issue of the entire world's pain is settled where our sins are settled where god's love is evident I've told you a few times about the trauma work that we do at Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Every week now, for more than a year and a half, hundreds of people have come to our church basement, broken bread together, and shared stories of pain and grief and loss. These are not easy gatherings, but they are important, because there is something powerful about shared suffering. Now, we don't try to fix people. We don't offer solutions. We offer community. And I always think about the text, 2 Corinthians 1.4, God comforts us so that we can comfort those who are troubled. Your relationship with Christ will produce something redemptive in your trials. There is the testimony, the willingness to share in others' suffering. And most importantly, your relationship with Christ can deepen. Through God's grace, we can reach deeper levels of finding God's comfort. So when you are going through whatever you're going through, my advice to you today is just keep on going. I'm not going to say you should get over it. I'm not going to say you should stop crying. I say call on the name of Jesus. Pray continually through your tears, through your rage, through your emptiness, and one day you'll be able to share your story of how you got through how you got over. One day, you will be able to give it to someone else. And that is the gift of the broken heart. There's a story about Thomas Dorsey, born in 1889 in Georgia, was a talented gospel and blues musician and songwriter. And just like our musicians, at our church, he traveled to find work. In 1932, he had to leave his pregnant wife in Chicago to play for a revival in St. Louis. The first night of the revival, he received word that his wife had died in childbirth. He rushed home in time to see his newborn baby die, a little boy. Dorsey was devastated, and he thought he would never play or write again. And he didn't for a long time. But then one night, in the midst of despair, he sat down at the piano. He heard a melody in his head that he had never heard before. He was suffering, but in his suffering... He gave a testimony that night that is still healing people today. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. That is the gift of a broken heart. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, Roxbury Presbyterian or call us at 617 445 2116.